0: This is Bless You Boys Podcast 114, recorded Friday, June 6, 2014. The Fog of Baseball. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Boys podcast, we're the editorial staff of blessyouboys.com, SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog, it covers the past week of, well, Detroit Tigers baseball and whatever else is on our mind. Uh, first off, I'm, let me get the introductions out of the way. As always, I'm your host, Al Beaton, co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. Uh, Kurt is taking the week off because he is walking the earth. Uh, well, to him, that means he, he's crossing the bridge. He's, um, he's joining us trolls. He's going, I believe he's going camping or something, so he'll be off for a few days, so... Uh, he'll hopefully be back with us next week, and of course we have uh, the man who is—I uh, I like to call him the Godfather of West Michigan—and that would be Hook Slide. How's things? Uh, things, excluding baseball, are, are pretty good. That's the—that's the, I. That's the rub, as they would say.
1: Uh but it is. Yes, yeah. yes. And in Little League updates, we have our last last two games, our final two games of the regular season this weekend. So. It will all be over soon.
0: Yeah, no, that's something. It's, not, it's just mid-June and Little League season's almost over.
1: Oh, yeah. They only give you 10 to 12 games and then they start the tournaments and then they got to get the All-Stars in by July so people can go on vacation. So, yeah, short
0: season. That, yeah, that's right. Vacation time always throws the schedule for a loop. Right. Uh, speaking of that, I got the schedule. I guess I should explain why we were off last week is that, well, uh, one, uh, I have a medical issue that needed to be taken care of, so I was at the doctor, plus... Uh, the night games out in the West Coast, we were all up far too late, and we remembered just how bad the podcast was when we tried to record the morning after a West Coast game. <laughs> it wasn't good. That's right. Yeah. So uh, between you know between our availability and my not my having an eye issue, and uh, which I'm still dealing with, and of course uh, late nights, we said, eh, we'll hit the ground running next week." So here we are. It is next week, and we're going to talk. Well, we'll do the best we can. To uh I, I don't know. what to say best we can. I guess we'll do our best to commiserate in all our misery, considering how bad the Tigers have played over the last seventeen games, which has been about the last three weeks. Because I did look at her notes from the last um, podcast slide, and uh, things were, weren't weren't quite didn't look so dire back then, you know. All of two weeks ago, right? I mean, give or take a thousand years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it feels much longer than three weeks. The way this, te- the, well, I guess I'll put it this way. Covering a team that is playing god awful baseball turns a season into drudgery, to say the very least. And some of these games are awfully tough to get through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think back when we did the last podcast, they mm-hmm. had just started
1: that week long slide. Yeah, exactly. Uh, getting swept in Cleveland and then getting you know kind of beat around by the Texas Rangers. And I remember that was kind of a complaint back then was saying that they're not even in these ball games. Yeah. At least in Texas, you know, they were just mm-hmm. they were getting scorched. And, uh, you know, things really haven't looked all that great yeah. since then.
0: Yeah, this is one of those things where it really feels like anything and everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for the Tigers. But I guess we should kind of lay the groundwork first because, uh, I don't know what you want to call a slump from hell. You want to call it a road bump. You want to call it the Tigers are regressing to the mean. You know, everybody has different opinions on this. But as we're recording this, we're recording this on, what was it, uh, Friday, June 6th. The Tigers have lost five straight games. They've lost seven of ten and thirteen of seventeen. They've gone from 15 games over 500. That's where they stood after they swept both the Orioles and the Red Sox to only six over 500. And right now, a hook slide. The fan base really seems to be on the edge of imploding, exploding, losing their minds. While Brad Ausmus is really, I think, I don't know if we can call it a test, but he's really. Uh, He's weathering his first really true storm, uh, that managers have to deal with. Cause he's, he's out there throwing the mantra hook slide up. It's a long season. I, I think the sample size of our, when we were 15 games over 500 is a much more indicative of how good our team is in these last three weeks. He's saying all the right things, but right now I don't know what he can do to turn things around. He's just got players that need to start hitting and start pitching.
1: Yeah, you got to feel bad for the guy, you know. I mean, he yeah, you're right. He's saying all the right things. It's a long season, and this isn't really who we are. And we're much better than what we're playing right now. And honestly, do you expect him to say anything different? I mean, I'd be more worried if he were on camera freaking out, going, "I don't know what's happening." <laughs>
2: <Get>
0: <laughs> but me out of here. that's what fans want. They want to see a guy explode. But considering this isn't football, you know, it's 162 games, you can't do that. Oh, yeah. No,
1: fans want a manager and or players, you know, to to be the ones that are commiserating with them and, you know, expressing Mm -hmm. their own kind of, you know, it's projection or whatever. But I don't think anybody would feel any better if if Brad Ausmus were actually doing that, you know, then you'd have the the other backlash saying, oh, my God, this manager has no grip, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: you're damned if you do and – damned if you continue to do i Mm -hmm. guess but yeah yeah, like you said the 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 number one question that i'm hearing on twitter on facebook on you know news post comments on talk radio Mm -hmm. is what do they have to do to get out of this slump and like you said you know when you look across the board bullpen offense starting pitching it's all broken right now yeah so there isn't there isn't an easy and so there isn't just say, well, you know, we fix the shortstop problem and that'll take care of it, or we fix the closer problem and that'll take care of it. No, it's everything is collapsing right now. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I, right now, I'm not so concerned about the pitching quite as much. Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about Joe Nathan, who uh, is uh, into one of his funks again. But overall, I think the bullpen's been okay, and the starting pitching is starting to come around again, even though Justin Verlander's last start was. Uh, was unverlander like or maybe it 's more verlander like than we 'd like to admit, but yeah. it 's the hitting right now I think that 's costing the tigers. you look at uh I know you were on our Twitter during the game last night and you you were digging up some ungodly stats about this team specifically when it comes to how bad they play i mean they 're playing worse than the Astros right now, and also they get, they 're getting absolutely no production out of the outfield uh there i know I, I threw this one up uh this one tweet up on uh, Facebook where over the over during the slump of 17 games, Austin Jackson and Tory Hunter have a lower OPS than Andrew Romine. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. And that was, I was doing some digging in the stats uh, yesterday and today. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I just, as, as we're recording this, uh, a new post that I wrote went to, uh, went to press, so to speak, uh, kind of lining all of these different charts up and showing how it's, you know, it's all of these things. The offense is, is in a huge slump and the, uh, starting pitching is in a huge slump, except for you know, Sanchez. And then and the bullpen is, mm-hmm. is also in a huge slump. But yeah, when you look at the offense and you kind of say, you know, it, when, when Hunter and Jackson are falling behind Romine. Yeah. You, you've got a big problem there.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was, yeah. It was, it, for example, I was going through one of the, um, uh, I think it was a couple games ago. And I was looking at the numbers. And, and once they got below, um, uh, Victor Martinez in the order, I believe it was, uh, Hunter, Jackson, Romine, and, uh, Castellanos all had, op- uh, on base percentages under 300. The only, uh, guy in the bottom of the order, uh, only player in the bottom of the order who is getting on base is Alex Avila. No one else yes. is getting on base. And that's, it. And, yes. and for that matter, I'll just not forget Rajai Davis' is, is regards back to the mean as well. So they, essentially they, they got three guys. Or hitting the ball, one guy who's walking his way on the base, and that's it. Right.
1: And, and Avila is, uh, you know, that's in this spreadsheet that we put out there, that mm-hmm. he's, he's walking 18% of the time in, right. in the last 17 games, but he's also striking out almost 40% of the time. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he's getting on base, uh, you know. But that's more the only way he's, else. Else. he's getting on base right now. There's no power there at all or, uh, or right. anything else. And then when you have. You know, the rest of the lineup below him Mm -hmm. slumping the way they're slumping. It doesn't really matter that he gets on base Mm -hmm. because nobody's there to to drive that run in. Yeah. So it's just – it's kind of indicative of the whole, you know, problem. Like I said, they're all kind of slumping big time. The one thing that – the maybe minor ray of sunshine in all of this is I was also compiling – I just tweeted out uh, some BABIP stats Mm -hmm. on the team. And Hunter's BABIP right now is 140. Yeah. Jackson's is 209. And, that, and so but,
0: there's a lot of bad luck involved here,
1: then. Right. And, and Romine's Babbitt is 265. Now, all three of these guys have contact rates over 70%
2: yeah.
1: in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at the going yeah, together, making contact, and the, and the Babbitt is so low, and so are the batting averages. So this has got to be a lot of this is just, especially with Jackson. You mm-hmm. know, I, I feel more and more as I watch him, he's getting good swings. He's hitting the ball hard, but he is just not getting any luck. On, on the balls that he's hitting.
0: Yeah, and, and and people are saying, well, let's move him down the order and replace him with who? You can say, well, yeah. Tory Hunter, because uh, you know, you go with, with J.D., play J.D. Martinez a little bit more, but he, he is the true definition of an all-or-nothing hitter. So it's really looking like, outside, that the Tigers just have to ride this out and hope guys who have very good Major League track records start playing like those track records again. Yeah, I guess the right. one guy I'm concerned about, though, is Tory Hunter. Just because of his age, yeah. But even
1: I mean, if we're talking about strictly about
0: offense, yeah, I don't see
1: that as being a factor. He's not hitting at what a level that he's capable of hitting at right now, and, and the Babbitt bears that out. He's just getting very, very unlucky. And so I don't know. Do you do you tinker with the lineup at this point, or you just let these guys kind of grind it out and get back to it's not regression, it's you know progression back to where they should be. Yeah. I don't know. I guess if, if I was going to make any lineup change whatsoever at this point, it would be maybe to move Alex Avila up in the order, yeah. so that he's got some some bigger uh, RBI guys, you know, behind him mm-hmm. because he
0: is getting on base. A yeah, lot. yeah, yeah. And 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 that's the thing. You know, don't look at his band average. Look at his on base percentage, and he's getting on base. But he's one of a few guys on this team who is, which is right. a, which is a scary thought. So, but. Uh, well, let me ask you this: Is this a slump, or you think it's something worse? Are the, you know, I'd like to think that the the, tiger, the real Tigers are the one that stormed through the American League over the first uh, month and a half. But I don't think this is the real Tigers we're seeing. Uh, but I guess I, I'll put it this way: the real Tigers are someplace in between here. And but I guess uh, yeah. they're, they weren't going to play 800 ball the entire season. But we're, but I I hope they don't play 275 ball for the rest of the season either. Uh, I wish they were playing 275 ball.
1: <laughs> yeah. Their, their win percentage right now is like 235 yeah. <laughs> over the last 18 days, 17 games, whatever it is. But,
2: yeah, I think you're right. I
1: think the real Tigers are somewhere in between what we saw, mm-hmm. you know, during that incredible uh, win streak, especially on the road. Yeah. I mean, what did they get up to, 11? 11, 11 in a
0: row, and then uh, they won. Like, I I lost how many to track of how many uh, series they won mm-hmm. over that streak.
1: Right. I mean, they're not doing that great
0: at home. But,
1: yeah, but they're they had, 500 at home right now. Right. But they had an incredible road streak, and you just mm-hmm. kind of go, look, sweeping uh, Baltimore and then following that up with a sweep of Boston on the road, that was just kind of magical, and you kind of go, that's not really – it's not going to be that way all year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't, yeah,
0: this is the, the – we were expecting them to regress to the mean, but just not so fast.
1: <laughs> right. It, it is truly I, – I don't remember ever seeing anything quite like this. And I was thinking back to, you know, last year when they hit mm-hmm. some skids or whatever – the difference is that, you know, last year or a year before that or whenever you want to point to, you could usually kind of single out one or two issues. Yeah. You could say it's Jose Valverde is blowing games left and right. Or you could say, you know, Prince Fielder is just not producing this month. Or you could say, uh, um, you know, last year especially, it was Austin Jackson's gone for a month on injury or uh, Omar Infante is gone for a month yeah. because of injuries. You, you could always kind of pinpoint one thing
2: mm-hmm. and
1: say, well, that's the issue. And then when that gets fixed, then we'll see kind of a return to normal. This time? I'm just scratching my head. What how do how do you get all three components—the hitting, the starting pitching, and the bullpen—how do you get them all to collapse at once? Yeah, that's unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it, it
0: defies explanation. It really does.
1: maybe that's the good yeah. news. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the good news because you look at it and say, "There's there's just no way that this is." It's so unreal. It's mm-hmm. got to turn around. Yeah, this is not
0: natural. <laughs> I have to say the very least, and it's very it's been very very uncomfortable to watch. I mean, I've. Uh, this it's it really has been drudgery over these past three weeks, but we keep uh, uh, they're our team, so to speak. But they're, they're, they they got to turn it around. They're overdue to turn it around. But right,
1: and uh, you look, mm-hmm. look at some other you know teams like Boston just went through yeah. that ten game losing streak, you know, ten in mm-hmm. a row. I mean, that's yeah. I'm not sure if that's worse. <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, to, to to lose as many games as, as the Tigers have over seventeen games, or to have them kind of go on a really nasty straight up losing streaks then Boston turned around and won like seven in a row.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, I guess there, there are other teams that are going through it and it's never fun, but geez, uh, like, like you said, it's, it's just drudgery right now. And even yeah. when they do get a lead, it doesn't feel safe.
0: Oh yeah. I guess that, that's a good uh, segue into uh, Joe Nathan and all the antics that have been involved with him since we've last talked. I meant to say, take Joe Nathan, please. <laughs> please. Uh, which, you know, his numbers are very disturbing. He's blown more saves and given up more home runs so far this season than he did over the entire season with Texas last year. Uh, Osmus is insisting he's still the closer, but he also added that a job at Chamberlain would be the closer when Joe Nathan isn't available. Uh, and that's something that right now I think everybody is like, they they're happy to see Jabba Chamberlain come out of the bullpen and they're scared to death when Joe Nathan comes out. And when the season started, we were all expecting it to be vice versa.
1: Right, right. And yeah, that's that's one of the other stat charts that I just posted in this new mm-hmm. article that over the last seventeen games, Joe Nathan's ERA is over twenty. <laughs> it's literally it's over twenty. He yeah. has the worst um he has the worst whip mm-hmm. on the team right now with two point seven seven one. Yeah. This is again this is just not it, it it just smacks of fantasy, you know? Yeah, like yeah. how in the world does that even? He has to be able to turn that around. He has to. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: he's because uh, he just came off a stretch where he's pitching, pitching fairly well, but he still hasn't been dominant at all this season. So I, I really, uh, when it comes to Nathan, you, again, this is you have to believe that his track record is going to allow him to get things turned around, but. Right you could, before this, didn't he have something like I don't know? Was it nine or ten innings?
2: Something yeah, like that? He,
0: yeah. He was perfectly fine. You know, didn't right. he, he allowed the occasional base runner, but was saving games and wasn't wasn't blowing up as he has over the last few. Right, but, and you got to look mm-hmm. back at, too at who he's who he's faced. You know, yeah. in, in
1: those big blow-ups. he was mm-hmm. facing Oakland, mm-hmm. I think, for a couple of them, and then um, was it Toronto? Just recently, or yeah. was it Seattle? I can't recall. It's, it's
2: it's one. It's
0: blended into one mass of. It sure thing, has. I can't remember the fog of baseball. I guess we could call it.
1: Well, and, excluding the Mariners, I think yeah. the Blue Jays are a hard-hitting team, and so are the the Athletics. Mm, you know, so some yeah. of it's got to be he's facing tough opposition. But then again, he's supposed to be a lights-out proven, you know, elite closer. So he's got to be able to get through the tough hitters too. So. Yeah,
0: yeah and uh, I found it interesting that he said after his last blow-up that. I have told, when I was at the Twins, I told them to remove me from closing because I wasn't feeling right or wasn't pitching well. But he said, right now, he says, I feel better than I ever have. So I it really sounds like Joe Nathan doesn't really have a clue as to what's the problem because he, he's saying health-wise he hasn't felt better. And th- yeah, I guess that's the disturbing that. part.
1: You're right. The health he says is fine, and he also yeah. made
0: the statement that he thinks he's throwing well.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: In terms of the pitches, you know, and so forth, and and I know that uh, a couple of games ago, uh, Dan Dickerson and Jim Price were on the radio. They were disagreeing with that assessment and saying he's not throwing well. His his location's not that great right now. Mm-hmm. He's leaving way too many pitches belt high, yeah, you know, over the plate. So it's it's interesting to me. I wonder what Joe Nathan himself is seeing in his own performance that makes him think because he he's using that kind of bad luck uh, mm-hmm. explanation too. Yeah, saying the results don't bear out how I feel I've been throwing. So I was just kind of curious. Like I wonder what what he's feeling that yeah. that isn't translating. Yeah.
0: Oh, and uh, let's we'll, we'll talk about a little bit about the bad luck and all that. We, since we've last talked, there was the incident with Nick Castellanos. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so where uh, it really sounded like Nathan was throwing him under the bus. And the comments Nathan made after uh Nick Castellano's uh really missed, you know, whiffed on what was a very catchable line drive. It was it was hit solidly but not hit that not a line scorching shot or anything. He just said it knuckled on him and caught him off guard and it tipped off the top of his glove. Uh and of course then the next batter, Joe Nathan, gives up a, a game winning home run. And right. uh, and the, uh, obviously to rehash it all anyway after the game Nathan said that if he makes that catch it changes how I approach Josh Donaldson you know who who was who was up next to hit the home run and the way he had the tone in his voice and how pointed he made that sound it really sounded as if Nick Castellanos, this is your fault, and you—you know—you made me do this. You know, and, and it really—it was really really off-putting. And that's where I started to wonder: is is Brad Ausmus really have a grasp on this team yet? Because I don't think we would have heard anybody ever say anything to that extent of assigning blame when Jim Leland was around.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't remember any Tigers player in recent. Mm -hmm. years ever being that blunt i mean tory hunter has always been blunt but he's always been blunt in the direction of saying hey that was all
0: my fault exactly yeah
1: um normally they just speak in platitudes you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that was just a bad game we just got to get back out there and turn the Mm -hmm. page and you know that kind of whatever you know dime a dozen sayings yeah so on the one hand it is a little bit refreshing to hear nathan be honest
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know about how he's feeling but then you got to kind of kind of say um you know what's appropriate to say in that context Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was he right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think there's validity to what he's saying that sure. If, if you know that in that situation with the, what was it? One out runners in the corners
2: mm-hmm.
1: versus two outs, runner at second. Yeah. He's probably right. He probably would go after Donaldson a little bit differently. So you can kind of see it from his perspective and say that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's an acceptable thing to say insofar as it's true. On the other hand,
2: <laughs> <you
1: Yeah>. know, <laughs> how much, how much, uh, I guess PR and marketing, you know, bullcrap. Do you want your your players to be kind of engaging in it or to say, you know, it, it's also his fault that he, you know, hung that pitch to Josh Donaldson. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's uh, and and I think fans would be more willing to forgive and forget if Nathan had performed after he did that, and he hasn't. So it's kind of left this thing lingering in the air. The running joke, as we see constantly on Twitter, is who's Joe Nathan going to blame now? You know, right. You know, Right. Mm-hmm. And his his comment, you know, even the that very next day, he, he
2: yeah.
1: backed off any comments. Right. So I'm certain that, you know, the the dust up in the press and the, the the outcry from the fan base got back to him. Oh, yeah. And whether somebody said something to him or whether he just figured out on his own, you know, he did back off from it the next time. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the, I think the third interview he made, he was a little more talking more in terms of, hey, I need to get the job done. Right. Um, but he was also at the same time making those comments of, I think I'm throwing well. Yep. And so And
0: yeah, the eye the eye test isn't saying
2: that.
1: So No, no, I was I was talking to somebody on Twitter, it might have been I can't remember who it was, that, that said, you know, he, he still Nathan is still not accepting full responsibility for this and uh you know, I was pointing out look, Papa Grande didn't used to do that either.
2: Right.
1: And that's what made him so annoying is that, you know, 2013 when he was blowing games, he was also saying stuff like, hey, you try and throw that splitter when it's that cold out, you know. And,
2: yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: that, that's, that's a good point because you're right. Uh, the closer mentality has to be, you know, I have good stuff, you know, and this, right. this is just, and they got lucky or, uh, you, know, something, you know, something's, it, it's not my, well, otherwise, how could you take him back out? How could you go back out there night after night after night if you didn't feel as if I have great stuff and I'm going to get guys out? Yeah, this this
1: post game interview thing is is so weird to me. I mean, it's such a touchy thing. You really do have to be careful
2: mm-hmm.
1: what you say. And Prince Fielder is the the poster child for that. Oh yeah. You know, the, a bad performance followed by the wrong kind of comments mm-hmm. will just, I think, that that'll turn the fan base against you very very quickly. They booed Prince Fielder. Now they're booing Joe Nathan. Yep. And I'm certain that it has to do both with the performance and the way he's, you know, seemingly handling that.
0: Yeah, because so- it, it, yeah, because it really feels like here's this ancient veteran, a you know, guy who's had a close to a Hall of Fame career, picking on this rookie, you know, this guy who's been in the big leagues a couple months. And I think that, that kind of sticks in your crop, Yeah, it, no, at least in my opinion.
1: Right. Right. Even though, like we said, what he said is probably true. Right. It's a true statement. You can't mm-hmm. argue with it. And yeah. but at the same time, you go, geez, you're the veteran. Do your job. Yeah. And, and don't. And you know, he didn't name Castellanos, I guess. But, you know, at the same time, it's just it's <laughs> I guess I would have much rather heard him just say. I made a mistake with that pitch to Donaldson. Yeah. I've got to not throw that pitch there.
0: Tip, their, tip my
1: cap to him and move on. Right. To
0: that effect. Although I, I hate that phrase. Too, oh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> talk about cliches. But right. but often it's in the athlete's best interest to talk cliches. It really right. and, Otherwise and you is. get a situation like what we're talking about.
1: Right. And so you kind of go learn the lesson from Torrey Hunter, as we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. He's very straightforward in his interviews, but he's always very quick to take the blame and say, i got to make that play. Like he did yesterday. He yeah. you know, dropped that fly ball and said, "That's that's all on me. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, well, you know, Austin Jackson, I thought he had it. I didn't know. He didn't communicate. He didn't blame anybody but himself. And that's why I think, you know, Torrey has done a much better job of endearing himself to the fan base, even in the midst of his struggles.
0: But even even Torrey Hunter, I think, is starting to wear on his fan base a little bit because his defense has become and Young-like in how bad it's become. <laughs> I mean, the play yesterday it can be somewhat explained because of the, supposedly he lost it in the sun and then he had the, you know, he thought Jackson had it, and Jackson thought Hunter had it the whole way, whatever. But you know, between the issues with going near walls, between I hate it when he deeks, where he holds his glove up like he's going to catch it as the ball is going over, over the fence. It's it's the missing <laughs> of the cutoff man. That cut the little basic things I think is really starting to irritate this fan base when it comes to seeing him play.
1: Yeah, and the numbers support it, right? We're yeah. talking about all the the. You know, I'm trying to think what some of those numbers, the defensive runs saved, you know, or the, right. the, the war, you know, stats. Yeah, that he's showing. one of
0: the, if not the worst defensive outfielder in baseball, he's close. Yes. And, and the metrics are, are show it explicitly. And that's bizarre. Mm-hmm. That is bizarre. I
1: don't care how old you get. I mean, I could see if he, he's older and can't make the, the running, diving catches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But basic fly balls. Yeah. You know, or, or hitting the cutoff man. Of course, I still think he's he's deliberately missing the cutoff, man. Yeah. He's,
2: he's,
1: he's trying to throw lasers, you know, right to third base or right to home plate or whatever. And mm-hmm. that, that gets back to what we talked about some podcasts ago, you know, and saying if he would just play within his means, he yeah. would probably get a lot better.
0: Yeah, I, I'm tempted somebody to tell Austin Jackson to be like uh, the character Kelly Leak in the Bad News Bears and catch everything <laughs> that goes in the outfield.
2: That's right. you're,
0: you're just, what, I don't care who's in left or who's in right, you get the ball every time.
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Hunter's job is to hit. Yeah. And unfortunately, he's not, he's sure not hitting. And, doing and, that either. And that's not what I mentioned in the recap is that you can carry that defense when Tory Hunter is hitting like he did last year and for the first month of this year. But over the last three weeks, he has been, well, he's been as bad, if not worse than Austin Jackson to play. I think worse than Austin Jackson to play. He's been, he's been I hate to use the term automatic out, but I do not feel confident at all when Corey Hunter's at the plate right
1: now. And no, I, I would much rather see him get better at taking the walk.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the walk rate is, is in, in that chart you posted. It was awful.
1: Yes, yes. Corey Hunter has a 2% walk rate in the last 17 games. And when you factor in the fact that it's Cabrera on deck,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, he, he has got to do what he did in that – Series in Baltimore when Miggy hit the home run that put the Tigers ahead in the ninth inning, and that is, you know, he got to the plate and took the walk.
0: Yeah, and everybody really was shocked
1: that he did. <laughs> yes, yes, and that says something.
0: Yeah,
1: that this is somebody who, for whatever reason, you know, he he's trying to get the job done himself and ends up kind of hacking,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, instead. And right now his uh, his strikeout rate's not pretty.
2: Hmm. Um.
1: You know, so yeah, I would much rather see him. He, it seems like he used to know that, too. Yeah. You know, didn't he say so in an interview last year or something yeah. to the effect of, you know, I need to get the big man to the plate? And I, well, I feel like he's forgotten that.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this Do you think there's something to the old cliche that they're trying to do too much? You know, like as you said, it seems like Tory Hunter is trying to hit five run home runs every time he's at the plate. All these guys are starting to really press and it's affecting their performance at this point and i i think it's yeah. a cliche but there might be a little bit to that especially especially in hunters in hunters case
1: yeah, i don't know how cliche that is i mean i've mm-hmm. played the sport you've played the sport mm-hmm. you know there is something that gets into the psyche at that point when you say we're losing this much or i'm failing that much yeah that there does get to be a little bit of mental pressure and i think it is possible to press mm-hmm. and to try to do too much at that point so that that could be part of it that's i think that's what brad Osmus is saying yeah when when he says my job is to remind these guys that they're not this team mm-hmm. you know so they don't start to think that that uh this is who they are that you know they're, they're not playing up to their level and that's that's part of what i think he's talking about it gets in your head
0: yeah yeah it's and, and it's anything that's Matt, brad Osmus main job here is that not to let this get any deeper into their heads you know and, and which he had said the other night and that uh you know my job is to remind these guys that they are not this bad of a team. This is just one of those things that all teams go through, and I you know hopefully tonight they snap out of it i God I hope yeah. I hope yeah. so so much because it you know, you know the two of us, for example, we spent a lot of time uh with the bless you boys social media stuff, and boy that, right it, it's pretty obvious the fan base is getting very, very angry. And, oh, yeah and they're taking it out on anybody and everybody who has any even a tangential relationship to the tigers.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I have to count myself as as one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're in the same place. It's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to watch these games, you know. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, I I watch what I do what I try to write in the recaps because you know, there are times where I just want to let loose and say DFA this guy, you know, something, you know, like the Phil Coke drama and things like that. But right. I I but we try to keep in mind that it's, you know, this is a slump. We've seen it before. And we're doing this because it's supposed to be fun. And I guess that's the problem. It's not fun right now.
1: No, it's it's not, you know, because, like I said, you know, you always want to see your team win. Yeah. And it's, it's hard enough, I think, to, to survive a four-game losing streak or a five-game losing streak and keep your head up above water and say, but that's not this team. Mm-hmm. But to go through a stretch like this where they played, you know, literally 235 ball for the last three weeks. Mm-hmm that is really starting to stress me, you know, probably you. Obviously obviously in the fan base, it's, you know, people are just walking away and saying, I don't even want to watch, you know, I'll come back when it's a little bit better because it's better for my health that way.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, for example, the other night there was a uh, game thread where I think there was, I think people died. (laughs) I think you're
1: right. (laughs) Yes, there were actual deaths.
0: Yeah, and no, I actually had to put a note in in the damn recap telling, you know, Calm down or act, we will actually have to take action, you know, get out the band hammer. And I guess it's part of that. What's it, the, the, is it the seven stages of grief?
2: <laughs> five, I, I think.
0: Five. It's something to that back. And I think that game was the first stage, which is anger. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I say, is the sixth stage of grief uh, posting on the
2: Internet? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is
1: yeah the- that is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
2: Yeah.
0: No, no the Tigers, I think there's about a dozen levels of grief right now. Or, well, uh, you know, it's this. oh, my God. I, well, you know, and, and I'm feeling it because, as you know, I like to put a little money
1: on the game. Mm-hmm. And I was posting on my own Twitter account saying, look, you know, I I, I try to play smart betting when it comes to, to baseball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, put a couple of bucks on the Tigers every game
2: mm-hmm. for
1: 162 games straight. If they're playing over 500, I make money in the end. Yeah, you know it's it, it's a simple formula, and uh, you know so you you want to put a little extra in the in the fund, you know, to survive a, a five game losing streak or whatever because that mm-hmm. that does happen. Right. But I got to tell you, they have drained my accounts. <laughs> this is the first time this has ever happened where I, I've literally run out of money to bet on the Tigers, and it's not even the All Star break. And I'm oh. just like, okay, now I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, that that um that game thread that you mentioned is you mm-hmm. know kind of indicative of what's going on that you know it gets very frustrating to watch and then uh, you know the the, the little, slightest little comment can can send you yeah you know because i'm i'm frustrated with the team but honestly i don't want to hear anything about how bad alex avila is or how bad you know joe nathan is or whatever You know, so mm-hmm. somebody gets on your nerves very quickly saying yeah see they need to dfa avila and you just want to go ah
0: now you made me even more mad yeah you know <laughs> Time to walk away. Yeah, and during games uh, yeah, and during games on the Bless You Boys account, sometimes it's very hard to not reply to some of these people who are really making some very mean spirited comments about the team, about us. I mean I right, right. I had someone on my own personal account, ask, you know, told me to shut the fuck up. Uh, uh, what? What did I do? You know, I just write about this. <laughs> this is you not know. my fault. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I was like, you know, well that's what the block feature is for on Twitter, but still no, we're we, you know, people are starting to blame the messenger. So that's why we really want the Tigers to start playing back.
1: <laughs> people are getting cranky. Yes. You know, but like you said, to, to snap out of this is tricky because, like we said earlier, it's it's been a team effort to get into the slump. Yeah. I mean, nothing is going right. So you have to kind of look. at I'm just kind of curious. Looking at the three components: starting pitching, bullpen, offense. Yes. Yeah. If you had to to pick one to fix, which one would you would you pick?
0: Offense. Yeah, I think I would agree. There's just absolutely no production coming from the vast majority of that lineup except for the big three, Kinsler, uh, Cabrera, and Martinez. There's right, nothing right. going on for the rest of that lineup right now.
1: Yeah, and I think this is, to prove your point, um, through this stretch you know, of games, Max Scherzer's ERA is 7.32, mm-hmm. Well, Edibal Sanchez is 1.21. So you've got the best and the worst right there. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is that, uh, even though Sanchez is pitching brilliantly right now. Yeah, one run in those last two outies. Right. And he lost both of those games. Yeah, yeah. And so you kind of look at it and see if the offense can do what they need to do, then you can deal with Max Scherzer giving up six runs in a game. Mm-hmm. If they're able to produce six, seven, eight runs themselves, you know, the, the offense can, can
0: overcome, you know, a, a bad pitching stint. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess and that, it doesn't work mm-hmm. the other way around. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. And uh, I guess that's a good way to kind of segue into what's happened at the shortstop position in that, uh, well, Danny Wirth. Did something happened. <laughs> yeah, in that, first off, the, the team's only knuckleball pitcher, uh, Danny Wirth, was uh, designated for assignment. And from all accounts, it looks like he's going to end up in Toledo. Uh, again, poor guy. You know, And they, they've kept Andrew Romine, who is, oh, my, they don't even look at his numbers as depressing. And it's starting to look like his offense is—he's is, having so much trouble on offense—it's starting to affect his defense. But right. so, in in response to all this, Dave Nabrowski dived into the minor league system, uh, and I hope they're not rushing this kid. Uh, then again, he's already hurt, so who knows when he'll play? But uh, uh, Suarez, okay, how do you pronounce that first name? Eugenio. Eugenio. Thank you very much. I was going to butcher it, so. Gene. Gene. It's called Gene Suarez. But, yeah, Eugenio Suarez uh, was called up. He was actually pretty rushed up. He was playing a double-A to start the year. He spent, what, maybe two weeks at triple-A? Yeah, 12 games. Yeah, 12 games. And then was called up to the big club. Uh, And it kind of shows how bad things have been going for this team. He gets into his first game, and then he slides into second base, like Prince Fielder would and now he's got a bad knee and he it, it, we don't know right now he's supposedly day to day but let me ask you this do you think I don't want to call it a panic move but this is a we're grasping at straws move trying to find someone in house who could step up at shortstop and from all accounts uh Suarez might not be uh he, he's a worse fielder than uh than Andrew Romine, but supposedly has a far better bat, and considering he's going to face, the, I believe, a, uh, he's going to get the majority of playing time, once he gets healthy anyway. But do you feel like this is a panic move, or this is one of those, we have no other choice in the matter, or, or is it the natural progression? Uh,
1: no, it's kind of in a theme, I think. We've been talking about this for mm-hmm. months, you know, ever since the beginning of the season and the experiment mm-hmm. with uh, Gonzalez. Right. That... I, I've been saying all along, I'm not really sure what the front office is, what message are they trying to send because it's a conflicted message. Right. Is it defense first or is it offense first? And mm-hmm. they went with Gonzalez because he supposedly had the better bat. So then, okay, you're looking for an offensive shortstop. Well then mm-hmm. he couldn't hit. Although I don't know that they gave him a whole lot of time to sort that out. He got all of what, nine games. Yeah. Um, but they let him go supposedly because of the defense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he was just botching the ball left and right. So, Okay we're back to defense first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go that route. You know, and then you get the uh, Romaine who's not really doing a whole lot of the plate. And so suddenly it's, we're going to bring up Suarez yeah. because he's got a better bat, but a slightly worse glove. So now we're back to offense first. I just, I don't know that there's a consistent plan,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you
1: know, for shortstop. And I, I, Tend to think with the way it's looking that there will probably be a move at the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, and actually that was one of the questions I was asked. I, I was on Saginaw Radio today, and I was asked about the shorts opposition position, and I was saying, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you in that there's going to be a move, uh, you know, be it a Jimmy Rollins type or an Astro Group Cabrera type, you know, someone who there's going to be someone out there at the trade deadline. And the Tigers are probably going to have to deal some of that young starting some of that young pitching they have in the minor leagues to get this guy. And it's a shame that they have to do it to plug a hole for essentially two and a half months. But yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Unless, unless Suarez really steps up his game, but there's we really can't say because he has he played what two innings. So right, you know, right. But I'm with you. There's going to be a move made. I am almost positive yeah. yeah. there's going to be a move. It, I would hope so
1: because yeah. I, I think the Suarez move is, you know, I'll say it, I think it's a mistake. Yeah. Given that he only had 12 games at the AAA level, and now you're going to bump him up to major league level and say at the same time, as Dombrowski said, well, he's going to get the bulk of the playing time.
2: Yeah.
1: And knowing that his defense is even a little worse than Romine's, oh, wow. Okay. Um, that's that's probably not a good not a good thing.
0: Yeah, and think about the difference of how they're handling Suarez and how they handled Nick Castellanos last year. Oh yeah, people that's were cool. yelling to bring him up, and he said no, 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 and then he finally came up when rosters expanded. There's a but then again, last year the Tigers weren't exactly in a panic for a third baseman. They were in a panic for a corner outfielder, but <laughs> that's a whole other story. Yeah, but, they, right. but they did, but they didn't. Uh, they didn't panic about it, and they left, just left them there, and they muddled along with what they had. Maybe that th- this you're, I, th- I get the feeling you're feeling that they probably should just muddle along with what they had with Romine and Worth, and then make your move at the end of July.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you muddle along, I guess, with with Romine and Worth. Yes, yeah. um, is an option, I mm-hmm. guess, or go ahead and make a move, you know, to, to trade. But that's another option. Yeah. <laughs> but this third option of we're going to bring up. How, I mean, I don't know. How is Suarez a better option than Danny Wirth?
0: Considering, and I'm looking purely in terms of major league experience. He's a better option because he's not Danny Worth in the eyes of the Tigers. The yeah, Tigers, that's, that's pretty yours. obvious. The Tigers just don't like Danny Wirth as a as a major league ball player. But then, I, 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 I mean, I'm not the scout, right?
1: So, yeah. you know, but from my perspective, you go, you don't even know who Suarez is yet. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had enough time to kind of prove, you know, anything, even at the AAA level with Toledo. So that that seems like a really risky move and and probably not a very smart move. But I guess you know stranger things, right? So we'll let this play out and see what happens. But yeah.
2: we'll get we'll
0: yeah. oh, just to cut in. I think we're going to see our first glimpse, 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 glimpse of a uh, Suarez tonight. I got Twitter going here, and uh, the beat writers are reporting that uh, Suarez is in tonight's lineup. So oh, okay. So. Okay, so we'll see what
1: what he can do, and if, you know, mm-hmm. see, I just think that the, with his, as loudly as the fan base has complained about the defensive issues, yeah, at shortstop, and that we we're ready to let Gonzalez go after nine games because he kept bobbling the ball. Um, you know what, Suarez better hit like Babe Ruth <laughs> in order, you know, or we're never going to forgive his defensive miscues, which I think there will be,
0: or at the very least, hit like uh, like Stephen Drew
2: so <laughs> you
1: know i i would I wouldn't mind seeing them go after Esstroba Cabrera, yeah, you know yeah.
0: um uh, yeah, there 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 will be some options out there. I guess it's just a matter of that cost benefit analysis you have to do. Is it going to be worthwhile because people are going to hold the tigers over a barrel because they know they need a shortstop, and they're going to ask for right. the damn moon, right, unfortunately, and like i
1: said, you know i i I still think they can get by. Mm-hmm. With the situation, with, what they had with Romine and Worth, I'm not saying it would have been a great situation. I'm saying they, they probably could have squeaked by. Mm-hmm. But with the way things are going now, with everybody else in the lineup slumping, it just kind of magnifies that problem, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think Romine kind of dug his own grave by not being a defensive superstar. Yeah.
0: In the process. Yeah. Unfortunately, but it's uh, well. Let me ask you this: since we're kind of uh, talking about rookies, uh, I believe since we've last talked, to Ty- was, uh, was Corey and Abel called up uh, when we last talked? He, I think he was I, I think he would just gotten called up. I don't think he I had, think you're right. Yeah. Well, uh it's you know so far so far so good of him. You know, I, I I guess uh once again I think fans are expecting way too much from a rookie uh from a rookie anybody in this case a pitcher. Uh he's had good outings and bad outings and unfortunately this guy has a decent ceiling but from what we've seen so far he, this looks like another guy who might have been rushed a little bit.
1: It's, it's entirely possible. I mean, he hasn't even thrown five innings yet, Yeah. so it, it, it's hard to to say. But you know, when I compile those stats of how the bullpen has performed during this mm-hmm. slump, he's kind of near the bottom. Yeah. In fact, only Nathan is below him at this yeah. point. So, but I know it's only been, you know, uh, at least in this this uh, stretch, he's only yeah. thrown five innings. I not I didn't look at the total, but yeah. uh, his whip doesn't look good. His ERA doesn't look good. Um, Hey, the kids still got some work to do. You yeah, know?
0: yeah, exactly. And uh, it's uh, and that, it, that, again, that's my fear with anybody the Tigers are calling up that the fan base is going to overreact and expect the world from these guys. Uh, and that's my fear of Jack Hanrahan, who, from all reports, Joel, Joel yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jack, isn't Jack Hanrahan the old Tiger? Wasn't he the old infielder? Sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, Jack Hanrahan. No, he's he, coming uh, back to the bullpen. I don't know if I yeah. want to be around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Joe Hanrahan is uh, still essentially extended uh, spring training down in Lakeland. And from all accounts, he's nowhere near ready. And it's looking more and more like all-star break or post-all-star break before Hanrahan's ready. And it's also looking that way with Andy Dirks because where's Dirks? No, they were saying June. June is when he's coming back, and we've heard bupkis about Andy Dirks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But that's um – I'm, I'm okay with that. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I brought this up last time and just,
0: you know. Well, the, a the thing nervous. I like with Dirks is just that he would solidify outfield defense, and that's been very shaky on the corners lately.
1: Uh, I haven't really felt that pressing it, at least in left field. Right field, yes, but I, I can't recall a time yet this year when I thought, oh my God, left field sucks in terms of defense. And, you know, as far as the platoon of, you know, uh, Rajay Davis and J.D. Martinez are doing pretty well, you know, as far as offense goes. Yeah. Dirk's struggled last year, yeah, a lot. You know, we talked about that in last year's podcast. Mm-hmm. He was barely hitting two fifty um, month to month, and it was, you know, he was that proverbial black hole in the lineup. Yeah, and now when you look at say, well, you know, now he's coming back from you know months and months off. It's going to take him some time to get back into the swing of things, get the rhythm back, get the hitting timing back. Uh, I'm not yeah, I'm not in a huge rush to see him.
2: Well, yeah,
0: because if someone's been through back surgeries, I'm not expecting a uh, 100% Dirk sweep when he's deemed healthy enough to play. And the same is going to go with Hanrahan just because of the Tommy John surgery. I mean, we're, I think we're just now seeing the results of top, what Tommy John surgery did to Java Chamberlain. And he was awful the last couple of years, you know, uh, when did he have a surgery? I think his surgery was in 2012. Right. And actually right. 2013 was a very bad year for Chamberlain. And for most pitchers, it really takes about 12 to 16 months for them to get back to normal. Hanrahan is not going to be anywhere near that time frame when he does get called up. And I think that's what I, what's I what got me worried about
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. And when we're in a situation like we are with this just depressing slump, then, you know, any mm-hmm. new blood looks like the next coming of the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because we, it's the unknown, and you just kind of say, oh, Hanrahan, he's going to be the one to save us, you know, or it'll be... Jack maybe, or Joel. Uh, <laughs> either one at this yeah, point. Was, yeah, you're no you kidding, know. yeah,
0: if Jack had a screwball, I'll bring him on here, so...
1: Absolutely, yeah. and same thing with, yo, know, we'll get Dirks back in here, because that's got to be the answer, or I mean, maybe that is the mentality that drives, hey, we'll bring Suarez up, because anything new has got to be better than this old crap that we're dealing with.
0: But, but you know, patience. Possible, yeah, it, yeah, and and that's the hard part of the fan base asking for patience. I think we're all kind of running out of it a little bit, you know. Cause, but then again, the guys like us, we're seeing every game, and you know, since you know, we spend a lot of time doing bless you boys work, we're kind of obligated to watch some very bad baseball where a lot of people can just yeah. walk away from it.
2: But
1: I don't know when you look at the situation, and I, I know the radio hosts are asking the question: Are the Tigers overrated? No. No, nope, because we know—at least I do—looking at past history and the current stats, mm-hmm. the starting pitching is not what it what it is. Yeah. Uh, if that makes sense, <laughs> they're not—they're not performing up to what they. So that can turn around yeah. overnight. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's issue number one. All right. The bullpen. Yeah. Maybe the bullpen's as bad as it ever has been and ever will be. Ever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. But the offense is not this bad either yeah so it's those two things you can kind of bank on it and say the starting pitch is going to get better, the offense is going to get better, hopefully that's enough to kind of survive you know the, the continual bullpen problems
0: yeah it's uh it's God, it's been hard these last three weeks I just can't reiterate how tough it's been to cover this team. It's been miserable, but uh hug? yeah yeah we all need hugs okay. group hug group hug yeah. uh but you know, kind of start winding things down here uh. I, yeah, I'm with you. I still think this is a very good team. Probably they're not a great team because this uh, slump has also exposed some holes that we all kind of knew were there, but they had played over in the first half of the year. But I just still don't see anybody in the AL Central that has the talent that the Tigers do. You know, even though they've, uh, I think they've lost four games in their lead, I believe their lead is now down to two and a half. It's right. still, you know, it's still early. I, and I have to keep reminding myself of that fact. It's still early. We've seen this team struggle before. This is a very talented team. The rest of the Central is mediocre at best. Uh, you know, it's too early to start talking about trading people. I mean, that, that one of like one of the favorite things you'll hear in sports talk radio right now from callers is, "Well, let's trade Max Scherzer." <laughs> you know, and, 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 the, and the issue is people don't realize that Max Scherzer, you're going to get. Essentially, pennies on the dollar because he's a pure rental. And if any team trades for him, they're going to have him for two months and that's it because you know he's going to free agency. So the thing that you go, you think you're going to get a haul for Max Scherzer? That haul, you would have got that haul if you had traded him, uh, after last season, not during the season. So. And he's struggling right now. Yeah. His
2: value is low. You're right. Yeah. This is
1: the worst time to try and trade him, except the problem is when he starts pitching like Max Scherzer again, then nobody in the fan base is going to want to trade him. That's a catch 22, yeah. It it implodes on
0: itself. Yeah. (laughs) Like a big black hole. Everything's getting sucked into it. Even logic at this point, of
2: course.
0: (laughs) That's right. This is not logic. (laughs) This is just pure unbridled anger. Yeah. Emotion, yeah. When emotion overruns. Logic? Well, you have we well, last like, yeah. one with us.
1: Unfortunately, we'll say things and I don't think through the ramifications. I heard I actually heard a radio host or somebody who should know better should mm-hmm. uh, suggested the other day that this this is just proof that Drew Smiley needs to be in the bullpen because he's not a starter and he's he's proved that he's not a starter. So get him back in the bullpen. And I'm thinking you didn't think to step two, did you? Yeah. Which is who's
0: going to replace him? Or look what he did rotation? in his rookie year, where he spent most of that as a starter. He was pretty damn good. So, well, right, yeah, but you know, just think through that. Like, if you move him to the
1: bullpen, then what? Yeah, yeah. Robbie Ray, no, he's not ready. But there's no. Yeah, else. Robbie
0: Ray or Kyle Lobstein—that would be. <laughs> <a lot. laughs> oh God. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. <laughs> that, that, let's bring up some more fresh blood from Toledo that has not yet proved itself Yeah. Good. Good thinking.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not concerned about starting pitching that much. Is is it hard? hard to watch him struggle. Yeah, but. I have utmost confidence in that rotation that they're going to be fine. They're not going to have ERAs over four for the remainder of the season. Well, maybe Verlander, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, it might be yeah. the some time to work through yeah, it. Yeah, but but, I, but when it comes to uh, Sanchez, who is – he? Sanchez is pitching like a Cy Young candidate right now. Uh, and up until these last couple starts, so was Scherzer, uh, Dirk Porcello. Dirk Porcello, my goodness. You know, he's the oldest 25-year-old on the face of the earth, but right. he, he's, he's finally starting to live up to the potential we saw, uh, you know, five years ago.
2: So yeah, I mean, prior to his mm-hmm. was it the
1: last start or maybe the one before, there was one re, uh, his start against Oakland. Mm-hmm. He did walk quite a few, but going into that start, I remember Dan Dickerson saying that his walk per nine rate was under half.
2: Yes, I mean
1: that's that's Koji Iwehara territory, you know. <laughs> Like he is really looking pretty good this year. So you know, everybody's slumping right now, but that's it's not going to stay
0: that way. No, not, not the starting pitching and and in the bullpen as well. I'm uh, you know I'm not a, you know Ian Kroll has had his issues, but for the most part he's been okay. Uh, Al 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 Albuquerque, is, you know, he's a coin flip for, for most part. He's been decent. Uh, Joel uh, Jabba Chamberlain has been awesome. Uh, you know, even Evan Reed has had his moments. So.
1: Here, here's something fun for you though.
0: Yeah. Do you know
1: who's number three in terms of WHIP during the last uh, 17 games? Is it Phil Coke?
0: Yep. <laughs> I knew it was a toy question.
1: Yep. Number yeah. three in WHIP and number four
0: in ERA. Yeah. So, so you know, <laughs> even with the, yeah, the world yeah, but, and is and upside you know, down. This, if, I think we've all noticed that they're using Coke in more than just white flag situations anymore. So. That, and, and again, they don't like give up you know, runs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. I'm not worried, you know, only, you know I, 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 this offense is what's got me bothered right now. And, uh, when you're getting no offense out of the outfield, I think that's what's been killing them the most during this slump, and they have gotten none whatsoever. I mean, if, if Hunter and Jackson are hitting the way they're capable, or even hitting, like, you know, like a league average outfielder, they could probably overcome what they're not getting from shortstop and third base. but... That's not happening right now. No, and what they're getting from third base is actually better yeah. you know, in terms of
1: uh, Castellanos has a pretty good on-base percentage right yeah, now. Yeah, he because he's,
0: le- le- he's finally learned how to take walks. He's
1: shown some patience at the plate. Right. I mean, and- again, same problem as Avila. There's nobody behind him right. to, to drive in the run. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully that all changes tonight. Please, please, please let that change tonight. All right. Uh, one more topic before we uh, wrap things up, because I think we've run the gamut of bad to worse. Uh the draft is on actually going on as we're recording right now, but the the big one was yesterday, uh where they had the first uh I think the first two rounds, the and the Tigers had two picks. Uh this is one of those things, Hook Slide, I don't know about you, but I really don't get into the amateur draft much at all. You know, I I kind of think of it as well, it's a crapshoot, pure and simple. Even more so than say you're talking an NFL or NBA draft because you're dealing with very young players and in much of the cases high school players, and it was I guess when, I, uh, when I'm this is leading to is that the Tigers are have been long known specifically Dave Nabrowski of loving big, tall, hard throwing pitchers, yet they yeah. kind of went off the reservation with their pick and took a high school outfielder, uh, Derek Hill uh, who actually projects out as a center fielder. Uh, and has he's not uh he's not it, it really it sounds like they um from everything I've read all the descriptions of him uh, he's a I – th- I think they're hoping he projects out to be Tory hunter uh, in his prime anyway so <laughs> I <was gonna> say, <laughs> in his prime hunter. but uh i just i did i guess the one i don't know anything about hill i and to be honest with you, I probably don't care anything about Hill until he gets to double a AA or triple a. But at the very least, I think it shows that the Tigers are saying, yeah, maybe we need to develop a few more position players in the system.
1: Right. And, And I'm always a little more, I guess, interested in these guys. Uh, just because you know, I, I do live in West Michigan. I know that I'm going to get to see them first.
0: Exactly, uh, you get to see them. That's the
1: difference. Yeah, and so that that's always a little bit exciting to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that sounds like a cool signing. I'm looking forward to seeing him play with the Whitecaps. You know, whatever it is next year, whenever he happens to make that that journey, or how quickly he makes it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I'm always kind of fascinated by the the logic behind this. So, mm-hmm. what can we take from the signing? Is yeah. this a, is this saying? Um, you know, that uh, Austin Jackson's not going to be around? You know, are they hoping to develop a solid, you know, high defense center fielder that will eventually uh, supplant Jackson?
0: That was my first thought as well. You know, he's, When's uh, his
1: contract up, do you know? After next year. So he's he's on for 2015, but not 2016.
0: Exactly. He's due to be a free agent after uh, next season. It's it's hard to imagine someone like Derek Hill
1: advancing that rapidly. Mm-hmm. So, But it does make you wonder if they put him on even a three-year, four-year you know, track or whatever that, you know, mm-hmm. th- that could give you an indicator of what they're going to offer Austin Jackson going forward yes. if they just, des- you decide to extend his contract. Or maybe they're looking at someone like Derek Hill as an eventual trade piece. That's, uh, and that's usually been uh, Dombrowski's MO. Right, right. We saw that last year mm-hmm. when he got rid of, uh, uh, Danny Vasquez. Yeah in order to get Jose Veras. So it's it's something he does, and uh, we'll see which which direction they go.
0: Yeah, and obviously the the second pick, I believe he was a supplemental round pick, uh, was uh, Spencer Turnbull. And this is where they went back into their comfort zone, Uh, 6'3", 220, right-handed pitcher. Who throws hard? So what a surprise. (laughs) But uh, if anything, uh, considering he is a college pitcher, he'll be fast tracked. If the Tigers really like him. And, that's the, and that would be the guy out of these early draft picks who's going to make it. If, the, if there's going to be a draft pick who makes a splash in the next couple of years, it's going to be Turnbull. Hmm. But then again, I'm just talking out my ass because I've never seen him play. <laughs> you know, but right. I'm just going by how, how he's been drafted and that he's a college pitcher. And the Tigers do seem to have this habit of uh, what we saw with uh, Corey Canable He was drafted last year and now he's at the big leagues this year, and he was a college pitcher.
1: Right, and he made that trip very, very quickly.
0: Yeah, and some may be saying too quickly, unfortunately. So I think we just did that, didn't we? Yes,
2: we did. <laughs> <laughs> <I said that.
0: laughs> yeah, yeah. I that means I I think that means we're starting to go in circles and it's probably That's time right. to wrap up this podcast.
1: So But I will tell you this, yeah. if you ever get a chance you should come out here and and actually take in a white caps game because right now mm-hmm. I've been to maybe five or six games already this year. Mm-hmm. Um and when you're looking at the the playing field, you know, and looking at the different position players, there is a whole lot of talent right now in the, in the West Michigan lineup. And, you know, just in terms of saying some of these could be really good trade pieces, and some of them might you might even see um, you know end up moving at the trade deadline like we did last year. But mm-hmm. it's, it's a really good crew, and that's that's encouraging.
0: Yeah, I, I feel a little bit better after hearing that and getting to vent for about an hour about what we've witnessed <laughs> right. the past few weeks. Uh, but uh, I guess we all do have to remember it, it's a game, and please don't kill each other over something that in the long in the big scheme of things doesn't affect you at all. You, know? you got to know when to
1: walk away. yeah,
0: you know, uh, That's and that's part of the maturation process of being an adult. <laughs> Please, people, <laughs> be that? adults. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we wrap things up, anything you want to add before we call it afternoon?
1: Oh, sure. Why not? Let me just throw out some. Uh, I was looking at statistics because like, the radio guys were talking the other night about, uh, uh, you know, whether whether or not this Tigers team is playing small ball or long ball. Yeah and what they should be playing and, you know, back and forth and back and forth. And it just got me kind of curious and wondering. So I ran some stats and uh, uh, actually had to get Matt Sussman to help me kind of figure mm-hmm. out a better way to do it because I was counting by by hand in the box scores. Um, but the Tigers this year have scored 36% of their runs by home run. Mm-hmm. And that is above the league average of 34%. Yeah. And just for comparison, last year they scored 38% of their runs by home run and the Mm. league average was 37 so guess what they're still playing long ball yeah and they're still scoring um, above you know the league average the number of runs that they're scoring are coming by long ball so what do you make of that have they not uh, really kind of made the conversion over to the the team that manufactures runs or you know how do you how do you how do you take that
0: well, uh, I take it as a team, that's not hitting very much. <laughs> and, uh you know, and what essentially is, uh it's been all or nothing, you know, and in, for the most part, that power has been coming from a very small circle of players as well. You know, Cabrera, Mart- and Martinez is not going to continue with this home run rate because he's never hit like this before, at least power-wise. He's only been a high average guy, but a gap guy. So, you know, it's, it's just i guess these stats that you've come up with in regard to uh, home runs and the like is that just shows how bizarre these past 3 weeks have been you know they when they score runs it's only by home run uh you know and, yeah, and that right. is really and they weren't doing that in the first 6 weeks of the season you know they were, well that's a season stat though yeah but but i, I guess it's it, I well, I think it's more maybe it's again we've talked about this in the past your eyeballs are telling you one thing and the stats are saying another and just thinking back at what I remember watching this is a team that was you know scratching out runs but when you look at the numbers you're right that they still fall back on that power and uh for better or worse unfortunately yeah. the guys who are who are supposed to supply power either aren't or haven't at least lately I should right. say late right So I'm
1: fascinated by it just in the sense that, again, I was one of the ones that said that the long ball was going to be gone, you know, this year, because they did get rid of so much of the power in the lineup. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it it turns out that they're kind of really doing the same thing they did last year, Mm -hmm. at least in terms of the percentages and how they, how they match up, you know, that there've been whole games this year where all of the runs have come, you know, you know, via the long ball. So I, I just, I haven't seen the, the rollover yet to where it's like, Oh yeah, this is a team that that's uh, doing a lot more bunting and a lot more,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, hit and run type stuff. So I don't know. Of course, I I was also the one that said that this this team was going to be in and out of first place, you know, 12 Mm -hmm. times by the time we got to June and they've been sitting in first place the entire time. So there, you know, there you go.
0: What, what do I know anyway?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
0: At the very least uh, that winning streak gave them a cushion that, uh, that they needed, but that's part of the game, of baseball and just in that. You you have you need streaks like that because you know you're going to have you know bad patches like this one. I just didn't think a bad patch was going to last three weeks. I was expecting maybe a week, ten days. This is where you know, so it's understandable people are getting a little concerned. And uh, at the very I'll, at the very least, I'm going to be watching Brad Ausmus closely just to see how he handles it because uh, what looking at Brad Ausmus in post games looks like. He starts to remind me of a two-term president. He seems like he's aged considerably since the season started.
1: (laughs) If he's not a smoker by the end of the year, I don't know what
0: what it (laughs) would (laughs) take. Oh, and I, in thinking about about, uh, Jim Leland, uh, you know, and this was another question I was asked when I was doing um, radio in Saginaw, Uh, you know, was uh, you know that. Jim Leland's just got to be living the life because I, you know, I could not picture a man at his age dealing with a situation like this and living through it. I mean, we're, look at us, we're all stressed out. How would you like to be the guy in the, in the skipper seat like uh, Leland of Ausmus and put up with this for as long as they, you know, it, uh, it's just coaching is such a demanding, demanding job it really makes me appreciate how well Jim Leland Leland did it, you know? Yeah,
1: because there's so many things outside your control. Yes. You make the lineup, and you can make a couple of, you know, I guess, you know, decisions during the game as to whether you're going to go to the bullpen or whether you're going to pinch hit or pinch run or whatever, but most of this is out of his control. Yeah. And, you know, somebody said the other day that, uh, you know, do you think Leland would have – or do you think Brad needs to kind of give them a Leland-esque tongue lashing a la 2006?
2: Yeah.
1: And I thought – I don't even know if Leland would have done, yet, done yeah. that this year. <laughs> but then again, he's Jim Leland. He can get away with that. Uh, Brad Ausmus probably cannot get away with that kind of an approach.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, and Austin's got his work cut out for him because he is a rookie manager with a veteran club that was expected to win. And so it's, it, in Austin's case, essentially, if you don't win the division, this season's an abject failure. And that's a tough position for any manager, let alone a rookie. So.
1: Yeah, there's really no reason why they shouldn't win the division. So yeah, if he if he manages to helm a team that does not win the division,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's going to be tough to explain.
2: Yes, it's uh, and
0: yeah, I think we should just leave it at that because uh, we'll just go back down a rabbit hole. So <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah. for the record, that's not going to happen. There, so. No, it well, won't. But uh, let's let's start wrapping up the shelves. So hopefully, where can the listeners go. find you online? Uh, on Twitter, mostly,
1: at, at Hookslide Combo, BYB. But God knows they're, they're why you're going to find me there right now. I'm very, very cranky.
0: Yes, and of course, uh, you can find me at BigLBYB, and you can find us both at bless you boys on Twitter and also make sure to look us up on Facebook bybtigers no it's facebook.com slash bybtigers or just easy ways just to look up go to Facebook and look up bless you boys and please follow us we post a lot of content on there Uh, and we do the same on Twitter especially during games so but and and Oh God! Let's just stop talking about the Tigers. I need a break. Okay. <laughs> All right. So until this time next week, they'll be same. Good afternoon and good Michigan luck along with Live.
2: Group and hug, never and been hopefully we won't need any more hugs.
0: Michigan on Next week's "Bless You Boys" podcast.
2: Ha ha ha! That'll get him out of the old bump. Right.
0: That's good advice. Thanks, big fella.